Hey, what's going on? My name is Seth, and you are listening to episode four of Walkie Talkie Chat. All right, so today I have another story to share with y'all. Um, this is a very, very boring story on a surface level, but right beneath that surface level, it might still be a little bit boring, but maybe not. Maybe if I can tell it in a, in a nice way, it makes a lot of sense. And I think it's just something kind of interesting that I experienced. So enough talking about the story now, actually about the story. It was like last year, sometime a year ago, I was uh, at college. I was finishing up one of my classes for the day around 3 PM. And, um, I left class and I went to go get a haircut, you know, got to stay looking nice, got to be looking sharp, right? Can't be caught slacking with some overgrown hair. So I leave, I go get a haircut and as it goes, well, you know, nice trim. My, my, uh, stylist does me well. It's, it's easy, easy sailing. But I see that at the college that night, they are doing a intramural games for ping pong or table tennis and that is a sport that i have never played up to that point and i see that you know it says ah beginners welcome or you know anyone can come even if you're not good and i'm like yo not good that's me so i'm gonna go hit it up so i decide to leave there with my fresh haircut and and here's the context right the scene you know it's it's uh me year ago 21 um black t-shirt solid like g easy looking haircut i guess she got she put like some special pomade in it it felt clean you know i was feeling clean uh you know regular jeans tennis shoes it was like clean looking look you know probably the highest i've ever peaked it's been downhill since then but i'm on my way now with my fresh cut to the intramural table tennis game at the college and my experience with my college um is Kind of interesting. So I am in the digital media department, which means that all of my classes revolve around or occur in this one building on campus. The rest of campus might as well be foreign territory to me. I don't know a single other building, maybe like the, the cafeteria. I don't know a single other building or a single other department on that campus, except for the one where my classes are, you know, like that's my safe area. That's where I know people. That's where I know that like I can be myself. I can be safe. Outside of that is a lawless world, you know? It's like the Wild West in the pioneer type days or no, in the Western days. It's like the frontier in the pioneer type days. Like that's, that's how it felt. But I go to the location where these table tennis, you know, friendly matches are happening. And it turns out there's a little bit of a tournament going on, you know? It's an elimination tournament. You play against people and you try to get each other out. And, you know, I am a very competitive person, so I get excited. Um, the downside to this is that, one, I don't recognize a single other person there. Like I said, a lot of randoms, a lot of lawless individuals, people probably in like the nursing re uh, department, the business department. I don't see another ATC digital media student anywhere. So I am isolated. I felt... Like I was just an, an outcast, you know, I felt like I was going into this unknown place and I had my guard up because I was ready to be not ready for whatever happened. So I get there 
and it's just me and I don't recognize anyone else. And then it also hits me. I don't know how to play this game. Like I, I know ping pong. It's it seems like an easy game, and it probably is, but just not knowing how to do it at all. I walk in, I hear people like grunting. Like people are like competitive at it. They're already practicing. I got people who've been playing there for I'm assuming you know their whole life. It's crazy. So I'm just sitting there, on a on a chair, and I'm kind of just like zoning out a little bit, staring at the ping pong table. I don't know a single thing that's going on. They're calling out like some rules and some like different things whenever they hit the ball one way. I don't even know how many times the ball is supposed to hit one side of the table. None of it makes sense. On top of that, uh, kind of contemplating with my, with my resting face, um, just staring off into space. And mind you, my resting face, when I'm not focusing or, or talking to anyone, I think it comes off as very just like stoic or serious, um, Almost looks like I'm mad. It's just how the face rests. But this guy comes over, and he's a wonderful person and a key player in the story. And I do not remember his name, so we'll call him Matt. But my man Matt walks over, and he's you know this tall, uh, country-looking guy, but in a good way, not in a not in a slanderous way. He was just you know repping his state of Alabama well. He uh, introduces himself. He asked me for my name and he's like, oh, nice to meet you. Never seen you around here before. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I try not to come around you heathens who are not part of the digital media department because that's the only people I trust around here. I didn't say that. So he was cool and we just talked and it was nice. I met a friend, made a friend. So the tournament starts and I learn that I am second up on game two. And I was like, all right, cool. Guess I'm going to probably lose pretty soon because I was hoping to maybe watch some people first and actually see how the game works but not going to get too much of that this time game one starts it's two people one of them is better than the other he kind of he kind of smokes the other guy but all around is pretty good game and I was like all right all right that's not too bad they, they had a pretty fun game and honestly watching the moves that they did like I could probably imitate some of that you know I could probably adapt to it so I step up, I grab my paddle, um, and I prepare myself. You know, I take my stance. I stand there with the plastic ping pong ball and watch as my opponent um, walks up to the other end of the table. And the opponent is our friend Matt, the guy who introduced himself. And I was happy. I was like, oh, cool. I already know this guy. You know, we had a brief encounter. This will be fun. This will be a nice moment. Matt has got this stone cold face as he gets ready to serve the ball. And in a split second, I begin to realize that the person that I met isn't just an average uh, ping pong player, if you will. He serves the ball and in the matter of half a second, it has flown past me into the wall behind me and a point has been called out for him. I swear I do not remember what it even looked like. I blinked and the first round uh, was over. It felt like an anime for table tennis, you know, where like if they hit the ball and it's got the flames like treaking behind it as it like scorches the table. That's what it was. This man sent out an absolute missile. Okay. I, I, it was, it was a loaded weapon. Okay. And I 
was the scared target who did not realize that you can be impaled by a ping pong flying at mock speed. Okay, that thing was a bullet. I have never seen so much power behind a single hit. In, in one stroke, I truly believe that Matt came to terms with demons that he had been fighting his whole life. There was so much aggression and pure power built up behind that serve. I was flabbergasted, to say the least. All right, but so after his incredible serve and after I got up off the ground where I was in the fetal position in an attempt to uh, save my life, I took the paddle, I took the ball, and I began my turn at serving. Um, and so after learning how to actually you know, serve and that you have to hit it once on your side and bounce it over the net and, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm about to send it. I'm about to try my hand at it. Toss the ball up in the air. It you know goes up in slow motion like the end shot of an Air Buddy uh, movie. And I swing the paddle gracefully through the air, cutting through it like a hot knife to butter. And in one fell swoop, I achieved the most disappointing and remarkably bad uh, attempt at serving a ping pong ball that I have ever seen to this day. I completely missed the ball. And it fell straight down and landed on the ground in a state of misery and disappointment, uh, something that we both shared. Now, it was in that moment of misery and shame um, after displaying to a crowd of onlookers that I cannot hit a single ball slowly falling right in front of me that I realized that my sight was not lending itself to me. So I, I wear glasses. I have contacts, but it's not anything super like uh serious i would say I, it helps me with like reading a little bit sometimes words can get kind of blurry it's like a very uh subtle subtle fixture but yeah in that moment though i realized that a small plastic ball that was that distance away from me was kind of hard to see and it also didn't help and this is this is honestly just me coping at this point i'm still trying to justify this that with the position we were at uh, Matt had a giant open like window or like a glass wall behind him, whereas, you know, mine, my end just faced out into the rest of the room. So from his angle, I was completely like front lit with light, whereas with him, it was a silhouette. So I was getting blinded by this evening sunset, um, beautiful sunset, but by this evening light that was coming in, turning him into a shadow and making it hard for me to just see in general. And then amidst that, I had the depth perception of a goldfish uh, because I had not my contacts nor my glasses. And I was trying to hit a small moving object. Again, this is just a cope. I never got to explain this to them. I'm going to type up a memo and maybe send it to the group so they kind of understand. Um, I'm sure they still remember and laugh about it to this day. But it was a remarkable moment of defeat. And, you know, I would say the odds were stacked against me in, in multiple ways. You know, one the lighting, the sight, I was, you know, genetically and uh, circumstantially at a, at a disposition uh, to him. But also, uh, we are just different people and different breeds of people, truly. So whereas I grew up and had a normal life, my man Matt has breathed and exhaled ping pong his entire life. Okay, not really that serious. I'm sure he had a normal life too. He was, like I said, he was a great person. But he explained to me um, after the game, though, that he had uh, practiced at ping pong at table tennis as a hobby, a pretty competitive hobby, for the last 10-ish years at his church. 
Um, he just really enjoyed the sport. They played it in youth all the time growing up. And he just had a lot of experience with it. And after that first shot, I, it was very, very evident that that was true. Um, so I go to take the ball and out of pity, I think he let me reserve it again. And this time I was, I was determined to not uh, disappoint my ancestors by showing that I have the apex predator skills of a, by actually hitting the ball this time. So I threw it up and I smacked it, it flew across the table and it did pretty well. It landed on his side, landed on my side or vice versa. It got to him in a legal and pretty easy way. He hit it back and I surprised myself by returning it. And I was very excited. I hit it back successfully, countered it, blocked it. Um, you know, it was like the best move that sports has ever seen, probably. Uh, though in my attempt at hitting it back, it was more of a block, if we're being honest. He, he returned it with, again, the same amount of power. It wasn't so much of me hitting the ball as much as the ball hit me and I just braced behind my paddle while it bounced off like a wall. Now, you don't have to be an expert at physics to understand that if you have a fast object that's moving at a paddle and the paddle just kind of stops it and sends it back, it's not going to go back with a ton of force because it's still kind of recovering from the momentum of the initial serve. So what had happened is this ball basically stalled and went straight up and landed on his side in a uh, position where there was no momentum. It was essentially serving up a ball for a spike in volleyball. But instead of a teammate assisting a teammate, I instead was setting up Matt with the perfect, slowest, softest, most graceful looking uh, ping pong ball to spike across the table at a speed that toppled the initial serving and literally could have killed me if it would have hit me. It flew by, it hit the table, and it flew off for another three miles and kept going. I did not even have time to raise my arm to that. So that was how the second round went. And I'll just save y'all the trouble. That's how the rest of the rounds went. Um, however many it took for me to lose and feel defeated. I think somewhere in there, by some grace of something, I scored a point. I don't know if that's true, and I'm not going to think about it too hard in case it isn't, because I like to get a little bit of sleep at night. And just knowing that I think I might have scored one point against this godsend of a ping pong player helps me uh, feel a little less disappointed in my life decisions. But yeah, uh, that is where the story ends, right? I go to a ping pong tournament and I just lose because I was bad at it. And I played against the North God Viking child of ping pong professional uh, blood. That is not where the story ends. So while that is where the uh, events of the ping pong table itself ended, the story that uh, really makes me interested in this came after the fact. I was sitting at my couch, uh, crying, wallowing in my self-pity, as you do when you lose. And my man Matt came over. And he shook my hand. And he was like, oh, bro, good game. Dude, that was, that was awesome. That was good. And he was like, uh, you know, he was just nice about it. He was a great sport. And, you know, I told him, I was like, man, you like killed me out there. I was not expecting that. And we got to chatting. That's where I learned about uh, his unusual upbringing where, you know, he was born onto a table tennis and that's all he did for his entire life, apparently. 
but it was something that he said in the interaction that really stuck out to me. And it was that he said in the beginning, like before the game ever started, um, whenever I originally got to the area, he said he was talking with a buddy of his and he learned that he was going up against me. And he said, bro, I don't know that guy. Have you ever seen him before? And he's like, dude, he looks like pretty serious. He might be like, good. I mean, I'm not trying to lose this game. Shoot. So he, he soon realized after the first serving that, no, I was an absolute chump and had absolutely no uh, way of ever beating him in a game. But I still thought it was interesting, though, that before the game ever started, before we ever actually met, there was a moment there where him knowing absolutely nothing at all about me perceived me as a threat, but not really like a threat per se, more like um, he perceived me as someone who was intimidating in the regard that I maybe could have been good. You know, there was a factor of like unknowingness. He saw me and said, oh, dude, look at that guy. He might be like really good at this game. You know, that's crazy. And what that kind of, honestly, I know myself. And while I was sitting there just staring off into space, I thought, you know, wow, I don't know a single person here. This is kind of, kind of wild. And I am bad at this game and I'm probably going to lose, but you know, whatever, it's just going to happen. And I think it's interesting how, uh, other people can see you in a way that's different than how you see yourself. Um, which sounds obvious out loud, but I think there's something to be said about self-confidence in general, right? A lot of times, you know, if you, if you will go with this idea, a lot of times we feel either insecure for a variety of reasons. We think that we're either not good enough. We think people won't see us as good enough. We won't be able to do something. Maybe we just don't like the way we look, you know, it's, there's a lot of things to be insecure about or to lack confidence in. But this taught me that a lot of the times the way we see ourselves is purely from a position unique to ourselves. You know, we only see ourselves in the way that we know ourselves to be. Whereas the outside world, you know, onlookers of us will maybe see us in a completely different light, you know, where I sat there and thought, uh, wow, I am really bad at this game and this is going to be embarrassing. This, you know, tower of a man uh, across the room saw me and thought, wow, that guy might be really, really good at this game. I was trying to just do my best because I was unfamiliar with the environment. But I went into that game with a level of almost like too much ego. Like I thought like, oh, I'm probably about to, like, I know I'm going to lose, but I was telling myself, now nah, you're going to win. You're going to do great. And even though I did do awful, um, I still think I did better because I created somewhat of a high hope for myself. I, it's a little weird to explain out loud. I, I think the idea itself makes sense, especially if you experience it. But in general, I do think it's interesting how we can often not only see ourselves differently than other people will, but if we try, we or not without trying, we will convince ourselves of how well we're going to do at something um, before it even happens. You know, if I would have went into that match with a just low self-esteem or low 
idea of myself doing well, the result would have been the same regardless, but I would have done a lot worse. I would have at least enjoyed it a lot, a lot less. So it was just a combination of that thought process and how that affected my performance, along with the words that he had said um, originally you know, when he was talking about me across the room and he perceived that I could do so much better than turned out to be the case. Um, I think that in general, it would be an amazing power to see yourself with the opportunity that other people might see you like he did in that case, you know? If I could look at myself every day and amidst knowing my own shortcomings, my own faults, my own limitations, if I could look at myself almost from like a third uh, perspective and only see the potential opportunity as if I didn't even know myself, I just saw myself as like a separate person and I said, look at that guy. I wonder if he can do all of these great things. I think it would be amazing and it's something I'm still trying to do is to implement that thought process each and every day is to look at myself the way that someone who is only thinking the best things of would see me. And this kind of relates to the idea of imposter syndrome, sort of. It's uh, the idea that like you are able to do something, but you have this moment of doubt in yourself where you're like, oh, I can't do that. You know, it's like um, the example that I usually hear of is like a neurosurgeon will wake up one day and right before an operation, you know, they'll think, oh, I can't, I, I can't do this. I'm not qualified. This is like crazy. Like nobody can do, or I can't do this like level of skill, even though they can and they have, they've done it, you know, for their whole career. I think our brains have a, a way of just telling ourselves or like maybe expecting the worst thing to happen and trying to guard ourselves against that. And this can show itself in um, the outcome of our actual abilities because if we see ourselves as not being able to do something, if we're not really believing in our ability, that's going to directly affect our performance and what we're actually able to do. So I think a big trick to changing the outcome or changing what we can do is by believing that we can do it, which sounds super cliche, but I, I would love for all of us to be able to see ourselves in the same light, in the same type of... Uh, perceived confidence that Matt saw that 21 year old, uh, random white guy across the room with a G easy looking haircut who he thought could be really, really good at ping pong. 